Our reading tonight comes from Job 1, verse 8. Job 1, verse 8. Then the Lord said to Satan, Have you considered my servant Job, that there is none like him on the earth, a blameless and upright man, one who fears God and shuns evil? Good evening and welcome again to our worship service. We're grateful for your presence. We're thankful for the opportunity that we have tonight to be together, to worship God, to enjoy a period of fellowship, and to be strengthened by the presence of people of like precious faith. Tonight we're going to be looking at the book of Job, and specifically we want to note chapter 1 at verse 8. We're going to be looking at Job chapter 1, verse 8. And the question that we want to pose will serve as the title of our lesson tonight, and it is taken from the text where the Lord asked Satan, have you considered my servant Job? I really believe that one of the most remarkable individuals in the Bible is Job. As you know, Job experienced a panorama of problems, and yet he maintained a sense of perseverance, patience, and thus, as a result of that, God blessed him richly. As a matter of fact, James said in James chapter 5, you have heard of the perseverance of Job and seen the end of the Lord, that he is very compassionate and full of mercy. Job was a man that, as I said a moment ago, experienced a number of problems. And yet, through it all, he maintained faithfulness to God. And so tonight, we want to look at chapter 1 at verse 8. In looking at chapter 1, verse 8, the first thing that we want to consider together in our study is the fact that the Lord spoke of Job as his servant. Listen again, have you considered my servant Job? Now the Bible tells us that Job lived in the land of Uz. Historians indicate that the land of Uz was located near Midian, where Moses once lived. And the Bible tells us regarding this man, that he was blameless and upright, one who feared God and shunned evil. To his household were born seven sons and three daughters, verse 2. Now in verse 6, we read of the sons of God coming to present themselves before the Lord. And Satan also came among them. And the Lord said to Satan, from where do you come? So Satan answered and responded by saying, from going to and fro on the earth and from walking back and forth on it. The word Satan or the name Satan denotes an adversary. Satan has always been an adversary of mankind. Go back to the Garden of Eden and it was Satan, the serpent, who beguiled Mother Eve. Now, Peter tells us that we are to be sober, we are to be vigilant, because our adversary, the devil, walketh about as a roaring lion, seeking whom he may devour. 
Now it is in this context that the Lord asked Satan, have you considered my servant Job? I wonder if the Lord would have that kind of confidence in us. Could he say to others, could he say or could he have said to Satan, have you considered my servant? And then you just fill your name in the blank. I really believe that this very question says a lot about the character and integrity of Job. Now, in the New Testament, we read of individuals who belong to the body of Christ who styled themselves servants. For example, when Paul wrote to the church at Rome, he called himself a servant of the Lord in Romans chapter 1 at verse 1. James, in his book, introduces his very book in chapter 1 verse 1 by identifying himself as a servant. And then also Peter in 2 Peter chapter 1 verse 1 refers to himself as a servant and an apostle of the Lord Jesus Christ. All of us that have obeyed the gospel of Christ are to view ourselves as servants of the Lord. Jesus came to serve and he asked the question on one occasion, is the servant greater than his Lord? If Jesus came to serve, then I think the emphasis in our lives needs to be on service. Putting our shoulder to the plow and doing everything that we can to advance the cause of Christ. Now, the Lord asked Satan, have you considered my servant? The term my here would designate that Job belonged to the Lord. In other words, Job was in the possession of God. Do we view ourselves as individuals who belong to the Lord? It might very well be the case that if we viewed ourselves, viewed ourselves in this light, that we might live differently. When Paul wrote to the saints in Corinth, he said, Know you not that your body is the temple of the Holy Spirit, which is in you, which you have from God? He said, You are not your own. You were bought with a price. Therefore, glorify God in your body and in your spirit, which are God's. And so we belong to the Lord, just as Job did. But there's a second thing that we see in this verse relative to the character of Job, and that is he was a very special person. Note again verse 8. Have you considered my servant Job? Now, note what the Lord says that there is none like him on the earth. Job must have been quite an individual. Here was a man that stood head and shoulders above others of his day and time. He was not just, as we say sometimes, a run-of-the-mill person. I wonder if we view ourselves as special in the eyes of God. It may be the case that many of us, we settle for far less than we can achieve in this lifetime. I believe that God blesses each and every one of us with a number of abilities and opportunities. 
It is up to us to seize the abilities and the opportunities before us. There is nothing worse than an individual who is endowed with great talents and great abilities who fails to use those great blessings that God has bestowed on him or her. Look at the life of Job. Here is God saying about Job, there's none like him on the earth. If God were to look out among those in the world today, would he look at you and say, have you considered my servant that there's none like him or her? In other words, our character, our integrity, the way we live and conduct ourselves on this earth is far different from those around us. There are a lot of people in the world today, they just settle for any and everything. And yet we belong to God. Peter said in 1 Peter chapter 2, verse 9, we are an elect race, a royal priesthood, a holy nation, a people of God's own possession, whom he's called forth out of darkness into his marvelous light. What was it that made Job such a special individual? I think there are a couple of things. Number one, his faith. Job was a man of great faith. His faith was in whom? It was in God. Job was the kind of individual who put his trust in the Lord. Now, in chapter 1, we read of the fact that Job was a very wealthy individual. He had a large family. And yet, according to the narrative, Job loses everything that is near and dear to his heart. How then did he respond? He said, naked came I into this world, naked shall I depart. The Lord gives, the Lord takes away, blessed be the name of the Lord. And then here is this commentary on his life. In all this, Job sinned not, nor charged God foolishly. In chapter 2, Job was afflicted with great boils. His own wife said, curse God and die. That'll do a lot for your emotional state, for your faith in God. Job's response was, you speak as one of the foolish women. Shall we not receive good at the hands of God and also adversity? And then the Bible tells us in about verse 10, in all this, Job sinned not with his lips. Job was a great man of faith. His faith was such that he was resilient even though he experienced a number of calamities in his life. Now, a little bit later, we read of Job. After having undergone this panorama of problems, being comforted by three friends, and they began to offer reasons as to why all of these things befell him. Their reasoning was faulty, and yet Job said, in the long ago, though he slay me, yet will I trust him. Job was a man of great faith. Would we have this kind of faith? Do we have this kind of faith? If we were to experience what Job experienced in his lifetime, would we be left standing? I've said it before, and I believe it to be the case. When we face adversity in life, it can do one of two things. Number one, it can either, or rather number one, it can build our faith. Number two, it can break our faith. The choice is ours. 
James said in James chapter 1, verse 2, count it all joy when you fall into manifold trials, that is, into various trials. Why, James? Knowing that the trying of your faith worketh patience. Look at the life of Job. Is it not the case that Job learned to trust in the Lord more fully? One of the things that I'd like for us to do next Sunday evening is to note some of the lessons that can be gleaned from the suffering of Job. And one of the, I believe, valuable lessons that can be learned is that we come to trust the Lord more fully. When you face what Job went through in life, it will test your character. And you find out what you're really made of. You find out where your trust is. And so Job trusted in the Lord, just as we should. So he was a very special individual. There was none like him on all the earth. Number three, Job was a spiritual man. The Bible says he was blameless and upright. Verse 8. Job was not a secular man, but rather a spiritual man. Now, we live in a secular world, and we engage in secular activities, but ultimately our focus in life is on spiritual things. What about the spirituality of Job? What about, we talk about his faith and his trust in God. Job was a family man. And Job, like any parent, was concerned about the spiritual well-being of his children. Look at verse 5, if you would. Well, back up to verse 4. His sons would go and feast in their houses, each on his appointed day, and would send and invite their three sisters to eat and drink with them. So it was when the days of feasting had run their course that Job would send and sanctify them. And the Bible says he would rise early in the morning and offer burnt offerings according to the number of them all. For Job said, It may be that my sons have sinned and cursed God in their hearts. Thus Job did regularly. Now, I believe that Job lived during the period of the patriarchs. He lived before the law of Moses was given. And so we have here Job offering sacrifices unto God on behalf of his children. And the reason was it might be that they have sinned and cursed God in their hearts. Job was concerned about the spiritual well-being of his family. What about us? Are we spiritually minded people? Is it not a challenge to live here on earth with all of the secular interest and all of the materialism that is so prevalent in our day and time to have a spiritual mindset? Paul said in Colossians chapter 3, if you then have been risen with Christ, seek those things which are above where Christ is seated on the right hand of God. Set your mind, set your affections on things above and not on things which are upon this earth. 
Are we setting our minds on things above? Are we focusing on things which are spiritual in nature? Think again. Here is God asking Satan, Have you considered my servant Job? That there's none like him on the earth. He is a blameless and upright man. You want to talk about a challenge? Living the Christian life in contemporary society is a tremendous challenge. It's a challenge not just to young people. It's a challenge to people of every age. Temptation comes to all. Now, it may be packaged a little bit differently. It may come in different forms. What may be a temptation to you might not bother me and vice versa. But Satan knows our weaknesses, our points of weakness, and so he can prey upon those weaknesses. And so we have to cultivate a spiritual mindset. Paul said that we are to consecrate our lives to the Lord in Romans chapter 12 at verse 2. He said we are not to be conformed to the world, but to be transformed. How are you and I going to transform our minds in this society? I believe that there are some ways we can do that. We're going to have to be like the psalmist of old, who said, I will set no wicked thing before my eyes in Psalm 101, verse 3. Job made a similar statement over in chapter 31, how he had made a covenant with his eyes. You and I tonight, we are called upon by Scripture to deny ungodliness and worldly lust and to live soberly, righteously, and godly in this present world. Are we doing that? Are we living head and shoulders above those in the world? When people look at us, can they say, now that's a Christian? That's somebody who's trying to live for the Lord? Or do they look at us and say, well, he or she is a hypocrite? There's a fourth characteristic about the life of Job that we want to note. That is, Job was a man who was submissive to God. The Bible says that not only was he blameless and upright, but he was one who feared God. That is, he reverenced Jehovah God. Job was submissive. He was not stubborn. He was not rebellious. He did not repudiate what God in heaven had said. You go back in the scriptures and you read of individuals, some individuals that would have been classified as great, who had a stubborn and rebellious streak. One such person was King Saul. Saul was a great man. God anointed him king over the United Kingdom. And yet Saul, when he was instructed by Samuel to go and to utterly destroy the Amalekites, partially obeyed the Lord. And because of that, suffered great consequences. As a matter of fact, he ultimately was removed as king of Israel, succeeded by David, who later was succeeded by his son Solomon. But what about us? If the Lord were to say to Satan, have you considered my servant? And again, just put your name in the blank. 
Would the Lord say that you fear him, that you are submissive to his will? Did you know that Jesus said, Not everyone that saith unto me, Lord, Lord, shall enter the kingdom of heaven, but he that doeth the will of my Father which is in heaven? It's amazing that sometimes individuals want to argue with the Lord. They want to talk about how they can do as they please and live as they want and act as they want. Well, the Bible tells us that we have to conform our lives to the will of God. You see, the whole tenor of Scripture is this, that we are to alter our lives to fit the Word of God. And yet many people want to alter the Word of God to fit their lives. Well, that wasn't the case with Job. The Bible says in Revelation 22, verse 14, Blessed are they that do His commandments, that they may have right to the tree of life, and enter through the gates into the city. Those who are heaven-bound, those whose names are written in the Lamb's book of life, they are those who have been submissive to the will of God. And Job was submissive to the will of God. And you and I tonight, we would do well to submit our lives to Jehovah God. How do I learn to be more submissive to Jehovah God? I think one way is to spend time in His Word. To realize that we are the servants of the Lord and that he is our creator. And because he is our creator, he has the right to delegate unto us how we are to live. And so we spend time in his word. We spend time worshiping him on a regular basis. Is it not true that worship to God brings us closer to him? James said, draw nigh to God and he will draw nigh to thee. We have to seek the Lord. We have to desire to draw closer to Him. And then I think we have to have this heart of submission. Sometimes we sing the song, Have Thine Own Way, Lord. Do we really mean those words? Do we really mean that we want the Lord to have His way with our life? Or are we simply paying lip service? Fifthly, the Bible says that Job was the kind of person who shunned evil. Have you considered my servant Job? There's none like him on the earth, a blameless and upright man, one who fears God and shuns evil. Literally, he turned away from evil. You and I have to make a conscious decision to turn away from evil. What was it that made Job so special in the eyes of God? Why was it that God could say, have you considered my servant Job? Because he made a deliberate choice in life. He cast his eyes in the direction of the Lord. He sought to serve the Lord. And thus, the Bible says, he shunned evil. We live in a very wicked society. Now, there are a lot of good people in our, in our world today, but we also know that there are a lot of wicked people. The Bible says, abstain from the very appearance of evil. You and I, we have to protect our character and our integrity. We would do well to make conscious decisions about where we go, what we say, what we do. 
Because after all, our lives reflect upon our Lord. Now the Bible says that Job shunned evil. He turned away from it rather than straying into the far country of sin. Contrast his life with the prodigal son. Here was Job who shunned evil, and yet in Luke 15 you have the story of the prodigal son who made a deliberate choice to go out into a far country of sin. I think about Lot, as recorded in the book of Genesis, who cast his eyes toward Sodom. Lot thought he was getting the better deal when Abraham told him to make a choice regarding the land. Lot thought he had the upper hand, and yet he found himself among a very evil group of people. Peter said he vexed his righteous soul daily. Does evil, wickedness, and sin disturb you? When you look around in our society today and you see some of the things that are going on, does it bother you? Does it bother you that, there, that in our country some 1.5 million babies are being aborted every year? Does it bother you that there are some people that are being driven to bankruptcy because of their love for gambling? Does it bother you that there are children today taking guns and knives to school and shooting their classmates and their teachers? It should bother you. We need to protect ourselves from the evil that is in the world about us. The Bible says that Job shunned evil. Paul said we reap what we sow in Galatians 6. Think for a moment about the life of Job. I don't think that the book of Job ever reveals to Job why he experienced all of these problems. But he held firm to Jehovah God. Now, even though Job faced a lot of difficulties in life, he didn't lose his faith in God. He didn't run out and begin living a wicked and evil life. He made deliberate choices in life to shun evil, come what may. I made reference a moment ago to the prodigal son in Luke 15. Look at his life. And look at the consequences that he faced because of some decisions, poor decisions that he made in this life. You and I would be well advised to make good decisions, right decisions, prudent decisions. Because our actions will ultimately have reactions. Job was quite a man. What about you tonight? If the Lord were to survey your spiritual life, what would he say? Could he say as he did about Job, have you considered my servant? That there's none like him? 
on the earth, blameless, upright, one who fears God, shuns evil? Would you be that kind of person? Would you be the kind of person that the Lord would be well pleased with? It may be the case that you're here tonight, you're not a Christian. We want to encourage you to come to Christ because Jesus Christ has the answer to salvation. Jesus said, I am come that they might have life and have it more abundantly. If you want an abundant life, if you want a prosperous life, I'm not talking about physical prosperity, material prosperity, but spiritual prosperity. You need to come to the Lord. You need to do like Job did, and that is to make some conscious decisions right now to do what's right. What would you need to do? The Bible says you need to have faith. Except you believe that I'm he, you'll die in your sins. And the Bible also says you need to repent. Peter said, repent and be baptized every one of you in the name of Jesus Christ for the remission of sins. Acts 2, verse 38. When you do that, the Lord will then add you to the church. and You'll be a part of the body of Christ, the saved. If you're unfaithful to the cause of Christ, maybe you are not blameless and upright. Maybe you've not shunned evil. Maybe you've not been the kind of servant that you should be. Could we encourage you to come home to the Lord, to come back to a loving God who's not willing that any should perish, but that all should come to repentance? Tonight I plead to you, if you're outside of Christ, come to him. Come to him now as we stand and sing.